Uh, well, Terry, it's so great to have you with us today, and I found myself, uh, found myself uh, preparing for this earlier, just hugely grateful to be able to get to tell you personally just what your your ministry uh, and your insight and writing and, and wisdom and podcasts have, have meant to me. Um, I, I was introduced to Terry a couple of years ago uh, through an email, and in this email there was just a comment in it, uh, a comment that, that you'd made at some point, Terry, uh, that ministry can be a, a series of ungrieved losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember pausing and just letting that sink in. I can't remember anything else from the rest of the email, but um, you named something and described something very real. Um, so real, in fact, that as I tried to to repeat that phrase to other colleagues, I, I had to have a few attempts at it to get it out. Um, and I thought there was a a wealth of wisdom in in so few words there. Uh, and so discovered your website uh, terrywardle.com. Uh, through that, the uh, your your podcast Slingstones, uh, which has been hugely uh, beneficial to me. It's kind of strange for me to hear you speaking today when I've listened to you um, so many times uh, <laughs> since then. Uh, and also the, the healing care ministry that you've uh, founded as well, uh, healingcare.org. So um, I'm hugely grateful. Uh, to God for you and hugely grateful for the chance to be able to tell you that in in person today. I'm doubly grateful that I get to introduce you to uh, our people, to to the church as well. So thank you so much on so many levels uh, for being with us today. I am absolutely thrilled. I've been looking forward to this uh, since we first connected. Mm. And uh, I have shared with my wife that uh, it brings me such not just encouragement, but light into my heart to know that we have this connection across the great sea and that it's a connection uh, because of our Lord. So Jonathan, I am thrilled and I'm thrilled to bless all of your people mm. and hope that uh, to some degree, our conversation will uh, help them experience a deeper union with mm. the Lord that loves them so. Mm. Amazing. And, and, and that sense of, of, of union is really what, what our focus is on as a church at the moment. Um, we're in a series called Habitat, and we're looking at the habits that shape our lives. Uh, and we've been asking questions about some of those habits, and especially trying to look at the life of Jesus and Paul and others uh, to see what helps us to grow in our relationship with the Lord first and foremost, and then in our likeness. Uh, and as part of that, our book club are diving into your book, uh, Every Breath We Take. And uh, there's so much in there that, that uh, we've been talking about uh, already. We've only just really begun it, but uh, in, enjoying it so much. So what do you think for you has been some of the most helpful habits that have shaped you? Well, first, let me begin by saying that <clears throat> I think in my life, desperation has driven me into the arms of Christ, or maybe better said, made me more aware that I am in the arms of Christ because of, as you know, life comes with struggles. It comes with difficulties. And uh, for many of us, we see those, if you will, as interruptions, when in fact, I think in the Christian life, they have the potential for great awakenings. I have uh, said in many seminars and told many people, I I think we need to be careful because chaos can be the birthplace of opportunity. Mm. And so in the chaos of my own life, I began 
of necessity to become more aware of the embrace of God. Mm. And so then the question becomes, how do I cooperate with that embrace? How do I make myself, well, let me say, position myself mm. in order to be more aware? One of the things, Jonathan, that I share is that we do not want our habits to be seen as performance mm. Mm. that gets us somewhere, but rather positioning mm. that makes us aware yeah. of where we truly are. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a very important piece for me because my earliest experience in the Christian church was one of if you do these things, then you will achieve this end. Mm. And mm. so it felt like it was all my striving, all my work, all my conforming. Mm. And then all of a sudden I became very much aware that no, God is very active mm. and he wants to raise my awareness as to his activity so I can participate in it. As a matter of fact, in the introduction of a book I wrote called From Broken to Beloved, I said at this age, and I'm now in my 70s, mm. I've learned that the Christian life is more about awakening than it is about achieving. So I say all that to then talk about this issue of habits. Um, I believe that spiritual exercises and disciplines and habits, if you will, have one overarching purpose, and that is to raise our awareness to the presence and movement of God mm. in a moment. And that as we embrace these different spiritual exercises, which include things like stillness and solitude and moving to scripture, and I do a lot of simple prayer and spiritual disciplines, as I move into that spiritual exercise, I'm wanting my spirit to become open to the presence of God. And when I do, mm. the exercise is less important mm. Mm. because what's important is now I've positioned where God has historically promised to show up. Mm, mm, mm. Jonathan, I often tell this story. I grew up across a little lane from my grandmother. Mm. I think it was 43 steps from my front door to her front door. Mm. I was in that house multiple times a day for 18 years. Do you know, Jonathan, I can remember everything about the inside of the house. Mm the position of the furniture, the color of the paint. But do you know the one thing I cannot remember? The type of doorway mm. that I went through. Mm. Did it have windows? Was it solid? Was it metal? Was it wood? I have no memory of that. Mm. Mm. Because the purpose of the doorway was simply to gain me entry yeah. into a place of life. Yeah. yeah. Spiritual exercises are for me precisely that mm, mm. so i don't spend my time focusing on the exercise or checking it off mm. but engaging it in order that it can open my heart to the presence of the lord and mm. then be able to move in to the house of god yeah and yeah. let him take me into the different rooms that go deeper and deeper toward intimacy mm. so with that rather philosophical introduction I spend time every day, right over here to my right mm. is my very private place. Mm. 
and I meditate, I pray. I often will engage a safe place exercise in which I allow my mind to be taken over by the Holy Spirit to imagine the Lord present there with me. Mm. Um, I will engage in various simple prayers, mm. uh, often short, simple prayers, and often body movements. Mm. And mm. all of those have been proven to be historically mm. places where God shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So positioning for me is go where God has historic historically shown up mm. and then wait for him there mm. and see what it is that you're going to experience mm. as you become aware of his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, if I may, I'm, I'm rattling on and on. Um, I engage a very specific uh, approach to scripture that I call ring R-I-N-G. Hmm. I, I remain in the light of God's word. Hmm. Okay. Um, I then uh, engage in prophetic imagination. R, remain, I, imagination. I hmm. imagine the text. I imagine God there with me. Hmm. And I notice what's going on with my body and my spirit and, and stories and thoughts and feelings. Hmm. And I end with gratitude. And so it's a very simple format that I use mm. that helps me move away from this issue. Mm. Handling scripture mm. as an object, mm. Mm. as opposed to scripture handling me yeah. Yeah. as a subject. Yeah. And so that, that's some of the basic habits and rhythms that I've engaged in my Christian life mm. coming out of what you would say uh is a season of desperation mm. that let me know i wasn't really doing it i wasn't living the christian life in a mm. way that would lead to life mm. so that's a lot what questions or comments might you have yeah well I, I'd, I'd love to pick up on uh, on that sort of season of, of your life in in just a moment but um i, I love this idea of the doorway uh, mm -hmm. that actually the, the point of a doorway is not for, to get people to stand there and say, oh, well, you've got a beautiful door, uh, but it's a, it's a place of access. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think of a lot of people who've spoken to me over the years and have just said, uh, you know, just my, my, my Christian life, my spiritual life has just got so dry and, and dusty. And, and they can describe to me all the things that they're doing. Uh, and there's almost a sense of frustration, a bit like you described earlier, um but this is meant to produce the you know it's a bit like you know you put you put this into a factory and and you're meant to get the outcome of a a life that's close to jesus um but i think it's because sometimes we do focus so much on the well how do i read the bible and 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 we can fall out can't we over ways and means and styles and, and structures um but the, the the sense of it being a, a doorway and I think part of that as well, um, I love this word that you keep using, and I know you use it often in your writing as well, about positioning. Um, I wonder if you could say a, a word about what that means to position ourselves before the Lord. Thank you. American Christianity has had historically a very performance-dominated Mm. modality of discipleship mm. Mm. and it's almost as if you do these things you get this result yeah yeah and so when i first became a believer as i'm leaving college 
they gave me a list of all these things I had to do. Mm. And they felt that I was growing because I was doing them, either though in doing them, it wasn't leading into a richness. Mm. Mm. And I think it plays into a deeper issue of human wounding, emotional wounding, mm. that we believe our deepest core longings can be met by performing. Yes. Yeah. If I measure up, yeah. my core longings will be met. If I am good at something, I will be accepted, I will be loved, I will be mm. significant. Mm. And I think that's leaked into the life of the church. Mm. And so we begin to ask questions like, did you bring your Bible to church? today? Have you read your Bible this week? Are mm. you coming to prayer meeting? And it becomes this list of things that we do that promise, if you will, mm. that in the doing comes a reward. Mm. Mm. What I've learned in my life is that what God wants us to be aware of is his constant presence around us. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that that we grow by positioning in ways that make us aware of that presence. Mm, mm, I had a humorous mm. moment. I may even have written about it in this book. I know I did in something I've read, written that I was having a particular hard morning and uh, I was dealing with uh, anxiety and anger. And uh, I sat down and I said these words quickly in prayer, Lord, I really need you to be with me today. <laughs> Yeah. And do you know what I felt the Lord say to me? Mm. No, you. Mm. In other words, no, Terry, you need to be with me. Mm. I'm here. Mm. You're somewhere else. Your thoughts are in the past. Your thoughts are in the future. But mm. you're not positioned in the here and now. Yeah. And yeah. So a lot of spiritual formation for me, uh, Jonathan, is developing present moment awareness. Mm. Mm. And that's what positioning is all about. Mm. Getting in this moment, being aware of the gift of this time. Yeah, yeah. And so I began to actually practice just basic mindfulness mm. exercises mm. of sitting outside and feeling the sun on my face and being aware of it, mm. eating a meal more slowly, walking more pensively. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was more in the present moment. And so I was positioned. Yeah to be in the here and now. Mm. Uh, two other thoughts. I've come to believe, one, that the kingdom of God moves in the present moment. Mm. So if you want to be experiencing God, you've got to be in the present moment. Mm. Mm. I also have come to believe that the true self abides in the present moment. Mm. Mm. And when I'm focusing on the past and worried about the future, I'm more engaged in what I would call projected self mm. as opposed to the true self. So that's what I mean by positioning, mm. getting in this moment where God has promised to be present, yeah. using a spiritual exercise to help me get into this moment mm. and embracing a variety of exercises mm. so that it doesn't become, if you will, duty, but it always becomes opportunity. Mm. Mm. I, and, and there's an awful lot uh, to, to pick up on there. Um, it, 
I recognise very clearly that um, struggle for for the present moment. Um, that all of us, you know, have a past. All of us have baggage. There's stuff from last week. There's stuff from last year. There's stuff from last decade. Uh, it's still rattling around up there, uh, and we do need to give attention to that and ask what needs to be brought to the Lord for for healing and and etc. Uh, etc. Et and then of course there's all the stuff in tomorrow and the next week and next year and, and all the rest and all of that baggage as well um and yeah that 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 um the call of god to be still to know that he is god um i love the comment that you made um uh, in in the book that god has yet to bless anybody other than right where they are mm-hmm. uh, and that, that that's hugely encouraging but also hugely challenging, you know, because of this thing about performance, you know, that human woundedness, um, that we've got to chase the next applause. So we've got to check, chase the next approval. Um, yeah, so there's, there's an awful lot, lot, lot there, I think, uh, in what you've said already. Um, I'm also interested in what you mentioned about discipleship, uh, that it's very easy to come up with something that, that is very measurable. You know, have you read your Bible? Have you, you know, are you serving in this? Are you tithing and all those kind of uh, things that we tag on and, and add in? Uh, some of which are helpful spiritual practices, but uh, I think what we see in Jesus is this desire not to kind of mass produce discipleship, but a handcraft. And so the way that Jesus disciples Peter, for example, is different from the way he disciples John and Philip and thomas and um and there's something rich and real in that um and yet so so often when we look at how other people are growing spiritually there's we again fall into this comparison thing of oh gosh i'd love to be like that or why aren't i more like that or is there something wrong with me because i haven't got these gifts or these opportunities rather than resting in that present moment awareness of the father loves me as i am uh, he has things from my life yes of course but right now right where i am i can't be any more loved by god um and allowing life to flow from from that source um there's something very rich in that thank you jonathan it, it's a good encouragement to my own heart as you say that uh which takes us immediately to the sermon on the mount where jesus makes this warning uh you know don't worry a lot about tomorrow, but stay in today. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the, the teaching of Paul in Philippians 4, where he says to us, the Lord is near. The Lord is right here, right now. Mm. Mm. Don't be anxious, but pray. Yes. And I think that little admonition is extremely rich. Yeah. And yeah. There are times, you know, I have physical challenges now in my life, which comes at this age, I have the challenges of life and ministry, and I can allow the anxieties begin to build. And then all of a sudden I can feel the Lord wooing. And he says, come on back, mm. come on back mm. right here in mm. this moment, yeah. draw from me. And I think it's one of the most important spiritual practices that we can do. I, I will add another point to it. Mm. Dragging along the baggage of our unhealed past Mm. makes being in the present moment very, very difficult, Mm. Mm. which is one of the reasons that if someone comes to me and they say, I'm really having tremendous trouble 
I will want to ask them if they're carrying along a baggage that Jesus wants to take care of, mm -hmm. because it can become a block to present moment awareness. Mm -hmm. Bitterness from the past, unforgiveness from the past, an emotional wounding from the past. Mm -hmm. It affects the way we view ourselves, the way we view God, the way we view other people, and the way we view the present moment. Mm -hmm. We're often looking at the present moment through the lens of the past. Psychologically, yes. we call that priming. Yeah. And so for some of us, in order to get in the present, mm. we have to let Jesus settle the past. Yes. Yeah. And, and I would give you this one other admonition about that. The problem with the past is not that it's in the past. It's that it stays too present. Mm. See. Mm. Why is the past always present? Because when we have these unresolved woundings of the past, mm. they do not appear as though something that happened five years, 10 years, 20 years ago. Yes. They appear as though something that is present now. Mm. Mm. So it can be hard for someone to stay in the present moment when a lot of their present moment is still dealing with the hurts and traumas that occurred previously yeah yeah i think one classic example of that can be when um uh, life is going along quite swimmingly quite normally and and suddenly something happens and we have a reaction that shocks us you know there's mm -hmm. quite an extreme response to something uh, and we think god where did that come from uh, well i'll bet if you dive into your past you'll find it did come from somewhere mm -hmm. um, and we, we can carry sometimes can't we this sort of wounded child within us uh, that looks back now with adult eyes and says what happened to me then will not happen again and so we respond to present dangers as if they're past monsters from our memories um, which is ma massively wounding yeah Frank Rogers, who is a professor out at Pepperdine University on the West Coast of our country, mm. he wrote a book called Practicing Compassion, small book, but very good. Mm. But one of the things he said that was so insightful for me is that when we have these experiences of unusual emotional response mm. to a present moment event, he said, it's often our true self begging for attention, mm. begging us to look within mm. to find out what is yet undone. Mm. Mm. Uh, so that those parts of us that have been, if you will, suspended in time mm. can experience Jesus. And that's the beauty of our Lord. He can step into any moment of our lives, yeah. past, you know, present and, and meet us there in order that we can be far more present with him in the year and now. Yeah, yeah.